0: You're listening to the Rachel Reed Podcast, the show that brings you facts, real life, personal growth, and self improvement topics with your host, Rachel Reed. Hey, y'all. And thanks so much for tuning in again to the Rachel Reed Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Reed. So happy to be here and happy that you are tuning in and sharing another podcast episode with me. I thank you so very much. Uh, This is another story time episode. This is um, the trilogy of the life and times of Rachel Reed, myself. These crazy stories that I've experienced and some, you know, life lessons and stories that only I could have lived through because it's my journey. And I, in no shape or form, um, intend to make it seem like it's okay for people to do these things to my young listeners um, because some things are just plumb out. Crazy, okay? So I don't I don't I'm not a cheerleader for you to go out there and just wild out because there are consequences and repercussions to stuff. I just, you know, was wild enough, was wild and, and sometimes I just ain't give a damn. That's just what it was. I was a rebel without a cause, child. So this is another episode of story time of the life and times of Rachel Rudy, child. Another story time. I know the last story y'all probably was like This girl's crazy, but hey, it is what it is Only I can tell my story and I do it well I've lived my life and I've lived it the way I want it to live And I'm still here and I'm blessed and I'm thankful Grateful beyond measure, that's all I can say So I'm glad you're tuning in to another episode, another podcast And another episode of Storytime with the Life and Times of Rachel Reed This is actually a, not a, not a Out of the box story, because I have a few out of the box stories. If you continue to listen, you'll probably be like, you know what? This girl is nuts. (laughs) But this is kind of like a realization story where I had a realization where it all came together. And it's kind of sad to say that um, through my journey, it was kind of like I didn't have this realization until everything came to a head. And I was kind of in... The middle of a storm and I was like wait a minute this is crazy so this is the um the time where I realized that the system was designed to fail the entire system is designed to fail and if I wouldn't have gone inside to see this visual and to get this to get this then I would have I, I, I never would have guessed that it worked like this you hear people say Hey, you know, it's systematically designed to fail. The system is designed to fail. It's not built for us. It's not made for us. Uh, th- this was my actual wake up, my realization moment where I was like, "This is weird." Like, it, and it, it, it's it's it felt so comfortable that it really was scary. Okay, so I've been like, my entire life was based on just court cases, and going in front of the magistrate jail stints um until it actually came to um going um ending up in federal prison um i, I had a a hell of a, a criminal record I mean well i guess it don't go nowhere but you know it was just kind of like that that was the life I was living and that's just um at that time I didn't know how to get out of it I was just like just out there in the streets and street was life. So it it, it came with a lot of consequences of a, a a long criminal history, long criminal record, court cases, um magistrates and jail houses being in the hole, um bondsmen's and it this was just kinda normal and it was just like, you know, I got to a point where I calmed down to a certain extent, you know, but um you know, subconsciously, stuff is just in you, and you don't even know it's in you, and and it's kind of like you know I, I didn't see a way out because it was kind of like the 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 more I dug those holes, the harder it was to get out. You know, I had a criminal record so long, I couldn't get a job because it was kind of like you know most jobs base it on your criminal history. When we when they say we're gonna do a background check, it was just kind of like oh I'm not I'm not gonna hear from them no more. So I might as well just gather my belongings and just ski that on out of here. So. You know you, you you dig a big hole And it's kind of hard to dig yourself out So you know And it's it's all designed like that Even when you know you take plea bargains And you know it's just like You know you may be like hey I'm getting away I only got such and such time Or they dismissed this charge And only did this and gave me this It's all designed to keep you in the system And um Systematically I didn't know How in depth it went Um you know, just growing up, like I said, I was born in Nashville, Tennessee. My mother and father were uh, both from Virginia. My mother from Roanoke, Virginia, my father from Radford, Virginia. Um, they got married and moved away to Nashville to start a new life. Um, had me, um, and then they had my sister six years later. Um, they did not work out. They got divorced. Um, we lived pretty good while they were married. You know, it was fights and crazy issues that went on um that I do remember but you know it is it was it was more embedded in me when they got divorced and we had to end up going to live in um the McFerrin projects. Um this was home. This is what I knew. But you know, we had those issues where it was so much that went on inside, but everything was inside these projects. It was the school, the doctor's office, the Wick office, the store. Like, when I tell you everything was inside of these projects, it was like off of an interstate in East Nashville. Um, everything was fenced in. So, we actually, when we wanted to leave, when my mother wanted to take us and have a sense of a normal life, we would actually have to walk and like go under the, like a bridge and we would have to like, we were on a, a scavenger hunt just to get out of the projects okay it was like we were just like they was just like boarding us in the projects like they did not want us to get out my school I walked to school and it was right dead square in the middle of the projects it was like we didn't go anywhere and the projects was so bad it was like when we did go out it was like a whole totally different world um, but you know, I don't fought my mother, for, that was just a part of my journey. It was a part of my life. And I watched my mother work diligently, um, and, and, and to get us out of these, this situation, you know, we, she worked at a daycare, um, quite a bit of ways, but she would walk to work and sometimes, um, me and my sister would go with her and, and hang out with her and just, you know, be on the playground, With her, I guess, you know, she didn't have a babysitter. She may have had to work extra hours. I don't even know. Just thinking back, it was just kind of like, you know, like just a sense of we get to play today. So, you know, I I commend her for uh, giving me that visual of like, you know, this is not where it stops. We're going to make it out of here. But, you know, eventually she um, decided to move back to her hometown of Roanoke, Virginia. And, um, you know, I took those... That project stayed in mind with me. It was it was in me. But, you know, I've, I've seen a man die. Um, you know, as a kid, you hear stuff going off. You think it's fireworks. Like, oh, it's fireworks. I'm, so, I'm running to see the fireworks. And, lo and behold, I run up and it's like a group of people. So, I'm like, okay, well, this must be where the fireworks are. They're looking at the, the fireworks, the firecrackers, the sparkles, whatever they got. Because I heard some popping. But, when I go up, I see a man gasping for air. So, this... They, you know, it was home, the projects was bad Like, you know, my mom wanted to go grocery shopping She would have to literally walk from the front of the projects to bring the bags home Because the cabs wouldn't even go in the projects So it was like, it was wild You know, I, I could go outside and have about three people want to fight me And I don't even know what, what are we fighting for today That's just, that was the life But, you know, it was um, something I became accustomed to And then, you know, when um, we moved back to Nashville, I mean, back to Roanoke, Virginia, my mom's hometown, my mom's birthplace, it was like, you know, we moved back to the projects um, with a relative, which still felt normal, um, because this is where she lived, but it was like, you know, a comfort level because it was family and this is kind of like all i knew at this time was the projects because let's be honest i spent more time growing up in the projects than i did in a in a regular home so um we finally got our own place after staying with a relative for uh a few months which was the projects (laughs) and um it was like a not a brick version of the projects just like you know low income housing they had to fight the first day moving there so you know it was just the repetitive stuff you know just this is what happens it was just like the the normalcy of it it was like hey this is just ghetto life as rick james say this is ghetto life that is my song okay so it, it's just like it's what happens so you know like i said after you know, this stuff being embedded in me and just being on, on the, just living a life of crime and doing whatever the hell I felt like I wanted to do. It came to a head when I eventually got uh, uh, sentenced, well, not even sentenced, because I got sentenced twice in federal court, once in Philadelphia and another in Roanoke, Virginia. So when I got, uh, uh, when I was in the custody of the federal government, and had to actually self-surrender and go, you know, to be in the custody of the federal government, and go to federal prison, is when I realized the, the serious realization, like, this is crazy as hell, because I get it, so when we pull up, you know, we're on the, um, the plane. My first. This was my very first plane ride, mind you. So you know, you're not supposed to talk because on the on the um the plane, the Fed plane, you're not supposed to talk. Like the women and, and men are not supposed to talk. But. They switched up the rules for me a bit because I had never been on a plane. And they got such a kick out of me, hooping and hollering and screaming and asking what the hell was that and why, how the hell is the, the pilot out the, the cockpit and, and what, I didn't know what was happening. So, you know, it it, it, it it made everything a little better because they were more lenient to everybody talking and, you know, telling me, hey, that's just turbulence. So, hey, this is this and this. Because it was like every bump I was like, "Ooh, ah! You know, so it was kind of like, you know, that was... The U.S. Marshals, they had a field day. They was like red in the face laughing at me. So we caught the plane and we caught a plane. I don't even know. Oh, to West Virginia. Where all the planes and the buses and the vans and like some stuff out of the movies where we all gathered together and everybody was switching off like, like, like slaves. Like, best, basically, that's what we were like property. Like, we were in handcuffs and shackles and trying to make it with the. Shoes and like trying to make it the best way we can because we were shackled together in the hands and they had the guns out and the big guns on this side and some just standing. You see the little guns on the side of the hip. So it was just really crazy. Everybody was going off to their own destination and where they were going to go serve their time. So this was like, just like, just like, this is crazy. Like I've made it like... This is what the hell my life has come to. So, you know, we get on our plane, which looked like it was being held by rubber bands and duct tape. We just don't be honest, so we get on there. And we have to go to another place where we go to is to um, Oklahoma, where, you know, it's a big, um, where it's like a... It's just really crazy where everybody go, men and women, where you go and you... um, This is where you go to your final destination. So it's kind of like just a huge, huge, with like, I don't even know if it's hundreds or thousands or how many people, but it was like so many of us, like just there. Like everybody was like, you know, we were telling the stories about what happened, what we were sentenced to, you know, people were going like to different places where we had to actually take off our clothes and, and, um. I remember I turned myself in 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 a Tupac shirt, child, third life. So, you know, we had to either send our clothes home or donate it. I donated my stuff because I'm like, well, you know what I'm saying? Like, what am I sending home for? I don't want that stuff. So, you know, it was just like, this is like the realization of, like, this is getting serious. So, you know, everybody's there, and, you know, we had to actually be, I guess, logged in as, as actual inmates at this point. And, you know, change our clothes to inmate clothing and and just got a feel for, like, what to expect. So, it's, you know, it's, like, just really crazy. So, you know, we go and we took a plane from Oklahoma to Jacksonville, where we were going. So, you know, different places, different people were going different places. So, you know, of course, it's, it's many, it's several prisons. So, we ended up going from Oklahoma to Jacksonville, Florida. So, from Jacksonville, you know, everybody branched out and they had a bus To come pick up the people that were going to Tallahassee. I was going to Tallahassee, Florida. That's why I served my federal time in Tallahassee. So they had a bus there. And, you know, they, you know, loaded us up on the bus. Still shackled and handcuffed. And everybody, you know, everybody's quiet. Because we're just like, I guess everybody's just like, like, what the hell is this to talk about? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like. We don't even know what's what's happening. What to expect? Is we just gonna have to get off the bus and just start swinging, fighting with the. Hair. We don't know. So you know, it's just kind of like just the the somber, the somber moment of of like, you know, my I don't mess my damn life all the way up. So you know, everybody's just quiet. But um, on the bus, they pick, they chose me and another person to be. A on on orderly like to hand out the sandwiches and all this stuff. I didn't know. I was like, well, why the hell they pick me? But you know, when I seen my folder, I had a big ass Kool Aid grin because I was so used to this lifestyle. It was just like you know, like it's like cheese, like you know what I'm saying. Like just take the damn picture and put me in the hole, whatever the hell you are gonna do. So that was like you know, this is just crazy. So when we get to the prison. We pulled up. I remember, like, slowly pulling up. Like, this is... We probably was doing... I don't know. We was doing about 30, 35, 40 miles an hour. But to me, it looked like it was going in slow motion. Because it was kind of like we were going up to the prison. And I seen the barbed wire fence, like, in the little little spirals, like, you see on the TV. And I was like, wow. Like, this is what it's come to. And then, um... You know, I seen, like, I had looked on the online for the pictures to see, like, what exactly I was going into um, at that time. And I actually, like, you know, a few months before I had to self-surrender, they actually had a shootout in the damn prison. So, I was kind of like, like, what the hell? Like, I'm going to another project. Like, I'm going to the prison projects. Like, what is this? So... I looked it up online because I was to show, I wanted to show my children where I was going. When I finally got the nerve to tell them that I had to go away for for two years, that you know I was going away, and I tried to wait as much as I could, and you know I wanted to give them a visual because to me it just looked like like a old school building and. and You know, in the back of my mind, I was like, it just, it looked like a project building, but I'm, you know, in my mind, I'm trying to tell them it's like a school, it's like a college, I'm going to learn stuff, you know, I won't be gone long. So, you know, that was one of the hardest things I had to do was to tell my children and tell my mother. And, you know, it was just kind of like, I waited to the last minute to tell everybody, nobody even really knew what was going on with me because it was just kind of like I was calling my friends just like I'll see you in two years they're like where the hell are you going I'm going to prison I'll talk to you later so it was just kind of like you know just I didn't know how to handle it and I didn't know how to talk to people about it but it was me pulling up to the prison and feeling this sign this feeling of comfort and this feeling of being familiar that I had been here before that this was home So that was the, a severe realization that they, in like, you know what I'm saying? Like when they say the, the, the prison pipeline, when they do it in school and the, the the get you the bells to get you to move and they have the control movement, all this stuff is designed for this system. And it came to that realization and it makes you subconsciously okay with it. Where it it well I didn't even feel when I saw it it was just kind of like I was home, and that's really sad to say, but I can tell my truth, and I want you to take in um I want you to take away that you know if you have um someone out in the streets or you might you may be in the streets or you may be living a life hey i know I, I can't judge anybody. I've done quite a little bit of everything sometimes it's just survival of the fittest, you gotta do what you gotta do. And again, I'm not, I'm not the cheerleader for criminal activity or to tell anybody to do anything they're not supposed to be doing. But that's just life. Like a judge cannot get the point of, hey, I, I, I messed up my life so I couldn't get a job because my criminal rest record was just shot to hell. They don't understand that. They don't. They don't get that. They like you just supposed to have got a job. Okay, well, sir, could you have wrote them a letter and told them to give me a damn job because well nobody giving me no damn job. So I had to do what I had to do. So it's, you know, they don't understand it. So it's the, the entire system is designed to fail. It's no win. It's no coming out on top. Now, you have had some, some success, story, success stories where, you know, people have gotten a little bit of money or whatever they're going to get and do what they're going to do and walk by the lamb. Then, you know what I'm saying? They just start their own business and they have done with They leave it in the past. But, you know, when you end the game like that, you think you're going to win. You're going to come out on top. It's no win. It's no win. You're not going to win. It's only it's only a couple choices that you get that you're going to come out with. And this that's death or jail. Prison long term um I I don't I'm I don't want to say that I'm happy. I went to prison, but I'm happy I didn't have to go and do you know, it was women in there that were in there since the 80s and it was kind of like in my mind, I'm like, what are they gonna do when they go home? They like, they don't even have a, a concept of even what reality is like on the outside. So again, is another uh, failure. Like you're just gonna shove them out, and like you 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 don't have any classes for computer skills because everything is run by the computer. You don't have any classes for trades or anything like that. You know, you just they just kind of shove you out and be like, hey, don't bring your ass back. Da-da, there you go. So, it's kind of like, you know, I had to remind myself a lot of times of those times on the top bunk when I would just be telling myself I would rather be dead ass broke than to come back here. And I had to do it quite a few times. You know, my kids didn't understand it because they were too young where I couldn't really break down the totality of everything that had happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, they just was kind of like, oh, like now we poor. So, it was kind of like, you know, they didn't understand <laughs> that, you know, I, I was making money cause I was doing bad stuff, but you know, it's kind of like we got to the point of when they got a little bit older where we could talk about it. Like, Hey, I didn't want to leave y'all. And you know, I was just doing some bad stuff and I would rather be here with y'all than to, you know, like we just got to get through this. We together, you know? So, um, that's kind of like, you know what I'm saying? Like where I, the realization I went inside and was like Everything it was just like you know how When you have those like in the movies and you see Like all the pictures the person standing there And all the like all the visuals are going Through their head and it's like it makes Sense now it was kind of like one of those Moments like um It's all designed That way and I wouldn't Have like you have to It, it was a totally different feeling of Like I will Never give these people the satisfaction again Because it's no win, and they they don't want you to win. It's no, they don't even have a game plan for you to win. So, I would like you to take that story and share it with someone that may need to hear that. Hey, it's no win. It's no win. You gotta you gotta win for your. You gotta make yourself win. You are a winner, but you know what I'm saying they don't want they don't want you to see the winner in you. So you know um I can be I can say that I'm grateful that. I had no choice but to make my own way, you know, the legal way where I had to make and start my own businesses because it was kind of like the brick walls were kind of like just, woo, and it's like, it was hard to make it because it was kind of like I had two guns, like two guns pointed at me because one, I was on state probation and federal probation when I came home because I was doing a concurrent sentence for state and federal time in the feds. So it was kind of like three years of of federal probation and five years of state. So it was kind of like, I was just like, I just got to make it off and do what I need to do and just stay under the radar. And you know what I'm saying? They like, you just got to get a job. Okay, well, how am I supposed to do that? So it's, you know, I I can't say don't put yourself in that situation because I'm not perfect. And we don't set out to put ourselves in those situations. Life just happens to us. And sometimes you never know what life holds and what kind of situation or what turns and twists their life may take. So I can't sit here and say that, you know, don't don't put yourself in this situation because a lot of people told me that like, hey, get your stuff together. Like, hey, you got to do better. Like, hey, you too smart to do this. You too but it's just like it is what it is. You can you got to accept what it is for yourself, for what it is for you. And I, I accepted myself, I accepted what it was for me. And I can still accept it and talk about my journey and in and hopes that it uplifts and, and maybe save someone else. So I just want you to know that you're a winner regardless of what anybody else says, whatever situation you're in, whatever the circumstance may look like right now, you're still a winner. Whether you're down right now and see no way out. A year from now, the same problems you're worried about now will be long over and long gone. Keep pushing. Keep pressing. You are better than you ever thought you were. You are somebody. You are loved. You are worth it. You are worthy. Again, another episode of the um, Life and Times of Rachel Reed. A story time on the Rachel Reed podcast. I'm Rachel Reed. I thank you so very much for tuning in. I wish you nothing but peace, abundance, and blessings in every area of your life. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, peace. Thanks for listening to the Rachel Reed Podcast with Rachel Reed. If you like the show and want to know more, check out www.rachelreed.com or on Instagram at I am rachelreed.com. Please leave us a review on this platform and subscribe to this podcast. It's greatly appreciated. Be sure to tune in for more interesting topics. I thank you so much for listening. Until next time, many blessings.